Thank you. Well, today is our annual Vision Sunday where we celebrate some of the highlights from the previous year and we look ahead into the coming months. God is doing so much among us that I'll only have time just to touch on a few things today, but I do want to give you a picture of some of the amazing things that are going on. So to begin, let's remind ourselves of some of the things we got up to last year. That is amazing. I hadn't seen that until right then. That's a really good piece of film. When we planted this church, it was 23 and a half years ago. There were 10 of us, including our two children. And we, we captured what we thought the Lord wanted this church to be and to do in just a couple of sentences. God has called us to build a growing, regional, biblically-based church in Nottingham, which will, in a creative and contemporary way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, worship God and communicate the gospel with compassion and generosity. We aim to make, train and equip disciples to be effective in the extending of God's kingdom, to develop leaders, to plant new churches and to contribute to the blessing of the whole body of Christ. And that statement still describes what we do as a church. Today I'm going to reflect on the last year through the lens of our hallmarks which describe really the way we do what we do. 
to remind you we are called to be outward-looking servants who are compassionate, generous, and do things well. And a couple of years ago, I added two more to that list, relational and naturally supernatural. So firstly, we are outward-looking. We are passionately committed to blessing those outside the church. Our small groups have continued to bless their communities in numerous ways. For example, Martin and Celia Lassiter's group cleared the outside space of a children's home here in Nottingham, installing a drain and building a beautiful patio. The manager of that children's home was absolutely delighted, telling us that thanks to you and your group of wonderful people, we now have a beautiful back garden space for the children and young people to play and spend time in. One small group have done so many projects in the local area over the years, building such a good relationship locally that they were featured in the parish council newsletter. Teams of people regularly go out onto the streets of Nottingham to share the gospel, to pray for people, where this last year over 40 individuals opened their hearts to Jesus, including one person who was led to the Lord by one of our 11-year-olds. Time and again, teams find that God is orchestrating events amazingly. For example, while out on the street, someone from Zoe, that's our discipleship year, Zoe, asked someone, if God could change one thing in your life today, what would that be? And they got chatting, they prayed for him, and explained that they were from Trent Vineyard. Now, it turned out that his partner had recently started the Alpha course here, and both of them were actually intending to come to the carol service. News of this encounter obviously spread very fast because 15 minutes later, the person from Zoe received a text from another friend who happened to be on the alpha table of the partner of the person they had met on the streets. Real encouragement to both the guy and that they met there and the team that God would just orchestrate these connections. Over the last year, 119 people completed alpha and student alpha. And we currently have 19 young people on the course in a Nottingham school being run by Trent Youth. We love hearing stories of people encountering God for the first time while on the course, including one lady who had suffered with pain in her knee for over 10 years. And one evening at Alpha, her table prayed for her. All her pain went. And at the end of the evening, she shared with her table just how amazed she was after 10 years to be completely pain-free. We were thrilled to baptize 71 people at our adult baptism services last year, narrowly the most ever in a year, where we heard a number of stories of the incredible ways that God has transformed people's lives. Being outward looking goes way beyond Nottingham, of course, beyond the UK, actually across the world. And as well as some of you going on ministry trips this year to South Africa, Mexico, and Romania, there are people from Trent who are ministering in India, Zimbabwe, and Japan. And we also support a couple in our church, Shino and Shania, known to some of you, who share the gospel via the internet, and as of this year, on a weekly television show, which reaches into many countries in Africa, where they're sharing the gospel with people from countries where being a Christian means risking imprisonment, can even mean risking death. And in the last three and a half years, they have carefully kept records and they have, as of this week, personally led 3,609 people to Christ. It's amazing. That's an average of about 20 a week for each of them. As we've reached out to people who are outside this church, we have been so blessed to continue to grow in the adults, in the children, in the youth who want to be part of this family. And to make room in October, room for more, we launched a third service. So let's take a look back on that journey. This time last year, it was clear that despite making room for more by expanding our physical space, peak Sundays here in the main auditorium and in Trent Kids were beginning to feel pretty full. After speaking with our leaders, other churches, and asking the Lord how we might accommodate those he was continuing to bring to us, we believed that the Lord was prompting us to move from having one to two services in the morning. Teams met to plan how this would practically work 
giving considerable thought to making sure we retain things which are precious to us, including worship, extended relational time before and after services, and unhurried ministry times, and how we might enable the extra service to happen without the added workload falling on those who are already serving. We were so encouraged with how many of you signed up to meet the need, with around 200 of you beginning to serve on a Sunday for the first time. After all the planning, problem solving, organizing teams and much prayer, we launched our third service in October. And we've been so blessed by the way the Lord has continued to meet with us at all three services. This was all about making room for more and focused on those yet to come. Creating the opportunity for individuals to encounter Jesus and experience the community of this church family. Individuals who would discover that there is room for them individuals like Luke. So I came in off the street, um, was met by a member of the, the Connect team uh, who was excited to know that it was my first time to come. They walked me inside, passed me on to another member of the team who I chatted to um, and we got a drink together, we sat down together and, uh, for the service and we talked together after. Um, the service felt alive, it felt energetic uh, and it was obvious that something was happening, that there was something spiritual going on. So there was a moment in one of the, the early services I went to where uh, Debbie was praying at the end of a service, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and move through people. And as I stood there, eyes closed, arms out, I, I felt it. I felt this sense of this calm, relaxing feeling. I had to grab onto the chair in front of me to, to steady myself, and stop myself falling over. After a few weeks, they were talking about moving to, to three services, uh, which I thought it seemed like it needed to happen because it would just create room for more people. As part of that, they were asking for people to join, join teams to get more involved. So I decided to join a, join a host team. Um, and I now help out on first aid as well. I find that really rewarding and a good way to give back to, to the church and to help things, things run smoothly. After that, I decided to, to do the Alpha course, which I found really helpful, allowed me to ask and answer a lot of questions. Um, I joined a small group, which has been, been really great. Um, and then after that, baptism feels like the next step to make that commitment to, to be a different person, a new person. The, the sense of loneliness I felt before is gone. And I know that there's someone there that I can count on, I can rely on. Stories like Luke's remind us of why we made room for more. And we're thrilled with all that God has done through the introduction of the third service. We look forward to what he will do with those who are still yet to come, those whose lives might be transformed as they encounter the Lord and through whom God's kingdom will be extended. One of the reasons the third service was made possible is because you are a servant-hearted church. Hundreds of you serve throughout the life of the church on Sundays, during the week, pouring time and energy while probably working full-time, and many of you, and balancing family life. But what you do by serving, much of it behind the scenes, quietly getting the job done, enables many of the ministries here at Trent to happen. Whether it's the visitor being welcomed by a helpful car parking team, or being given a free coffee and donut, and being shown to a seat by one of our host team, or being served refreshments, maybe at one of our weekday events like Toddler Haven, or a vulnerable family having a need met through one of our compassion ministries. Many of us have been really blessed by those of you who serve. If you are on a team, I want to take this opportunity just to say a huge thank you to you. Although serving can feel challenging at times, we love hearing stories of the fruit that comes from being part of what God is doing through these various areas of ministry. I recently heard from a couple who some years ago served at a youth project we ran in Snenton called The Grid. Some of you probably were on that team. For young people, many of whom came from really chaotic and difficult and vulnerable backgrounds. And they, this couple described it as being carnage. 
and exhausting at times, but amazing as well. They had a small group with some of the older ones, bringing them along to church, and apparently they twerked during worship, and some came along to Trent Youth for a time. Anyway, in the course of moving out of Nottingham, when the removal company arrived, this couple couldn't believe it when they met one of those twerking lads from that youth project. And he told them that as a result of getting involved with stuff at church, he realized that his life could take a different turn. And he actively decided not to go down the drug dealing route that some of his friends had taken and subsequently served time for. A good reminder that those mad Friday evenings were worth the time and effort. A significant amount of staff and volunteer time is given to serving at events which bless other churches, other organizations. In November, we hosted the Cause to Live For conference here for about 900 young adults from across the nation with over 70 of you serving at that. Last month, we hosted here the National Leaders Conference for the Vineyard for one and a half thousand people from across the country and beyond, including 150 of you volunteering your time alongside the staff who served at that. Many of you are also involved in serving at DTI, Dreaming the Impossible, the National Vineyard Youth Festival. Debbie and I are looking forward to being on the dream team as it moves to its new venue in the summer. Our worship teams have served the wider body of Christ through leading worship at these events I've mentioned, other vineyard churches across the nation, events outside of the vineyard, including a gathering hosted by Open Doors for the persecuted church. God is utterly compassionate. So we want to model that by being a compassionate church. There are many thousands in Nottingham and beyond who've benefited from the care of the hundreds of you who serve in our compassion ministries, like the Soup Run, Prisons, and Trent Detervice, to name just a few. Over the last year, 300 of you, over 300 of you, gave a staggering 10,000 hours serving at the Arches alone, helping between 2,500 and 3,000 people from nearly 70 countries. In the last year, we distributed over 3,700 pieces of furniture, which enabled a flat or a house to become a home. And we continue to express that compassion through English lessons, pampering sessions for women, the Arches Inspiring Change program, which is amazing. And the living room of which one regular visitor said, this is family to me. This is all I've got. As we've done in previous years, we again joined with other churches to host the summer and the winter shelters, where for a month, 14 people who were sleeping rough or were at risk of doing so were given a bed and a hot meal each night. In November, we were invited to bring brand new household items to fill the van, which we just heard that we filled it more, many times. We did that in abundance. Between us, we went out, bought, and we gave about 12,000 pounds worth of new microwaves, towels, kitchenware, kettles, toasters, toys, which were given to vulnerable families in Nottingham. These different areas of ministry provide amazing opportunities to make a real difference to people in need. Like, like one visitor at the Arches who had just been given a place to live. He didn't have many things and he wanted some uh, things for his kitchen like a kettle and a toaster. And there were a couple of old ones on the shelf there which he was happy to take. But because we just had filled the van, he was able to choose among a whole variety of things. And he chose two brand new ones in matching colors. Was really thrilled as he left there. And of course, your expression of compassion goes way beyond the various ministries we have, extending to individuals, small groups, and so on. Earlier this year, I heard about a number of groups who have joined together to support a primary school in a really impoverished area of Nottingham. Some of the pupils come to school without really basic items like underwear, socks, toothbrushes, toiletries. So they got together to make up parcels of these basic items so that teachers now have something to give to children who are in need. Within the church, compassion is expressed because we support one another through illness, through bereavements, through difficult circumstances, often providing practical support, things like food rotors and childminding rotors, which can make a real difference as different individuals go through times in need. 
We also seek to be generous in everything we do, demonstrating God's extravagant generosity to us. And that's expressed in everything that I've talked about so far this morning. As you reach out to those around you, as you serve, act compassionately, you're generous with your time, with your gifts. For example, last year, some of you cooked for over 240 people who came to Newcomer's Meals. That's the highest number of newcomers attending in any year so far. Generosity is, of course, magnificently demonstrated by many of you who give regularly to the church. Your gifts, your generous monthly standing orders or however it is that you give, enable others, uh, enable the church to thrive in all that we do. And if you are financially committed here, I just want to say again, a huge thank you to you. A portion of our income, 22%, is set apart to be given away or spent on things and activities that benefit those outside our church. And from that, we call it the Set Apart Fund. We've not only been able to bless thousands of people whose lives are directly touched by our areas of ministry, but we've also been able to give substantial gifts to numerous other organizations working in this country and other countries, meeting needs that we couldn't possibly meet ourselves. We set apart the same percentage for money that we raised for building expansion projects. So when we built the kids center, we gave a portion of the money raised to Nottingham City Council. We, we set apart £100,000 to be given to Nottingham City Council to be spent on things they couldn't afford to do that would really impact children in our city. And part of that has been used to support families who, as a result of their immigration status, have no entitlement to certain welfare benefits and housing assistance. And they previously were like a massive, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Because there was no fund. We've heard that since receiving the funds from us, all families who've required support have received financial aid for accommodation, utilities, food and clothing, as well as one-off purchases. Amazing to be able to have such an impact on some of the most vulnerable people in our city. And then there are the occasional offerings that we do, which we give away. For instance, the offerings taken at the carol services this year, which we matched from the Set Apart Fund, enabled us to give £15,000 to the Carpenter's Arms, a rehabilitation centre for men experiencing addiction, many of whom are here this morning, part of our family here at Trent. And so many acts of generosity are happening between individuals. I love it. Like one lady here at Trent who befriended a single mum with three very young children and at Christmas felt God prompting her to give her some money to buy presents. So she put some cash in an envelope, wasn't sure when she would see her next, but she carried it with her. She saw her later that day and so she gave it to her saying that she felt the Lord wanted her to have it. This young mum was stunned. Because it turns out that she had been praying for money for Christmas. And she said, it's the first time I've ever prayed for something and it's been answered straight away. We want to glorify God in everything we do by giving him our very best. And doing things well. For example, our worship and production teams have given their best so that we can worship on a Sunday. And at Trent Kids, Trent Youth, in small groups and all sorts of other gatherings. And over the last year, we've done that in many creative ways. For example, at Closer, our family services and the candlelit carol service. Over 3,700 people, many of whom were visitors, came along to one of our four carol services, which included wonderful films, worship, and dramas, all created by people here at Trent. Our building is used by people from all over the city. In the last year, over 22,000 people have attended over 400 external conferences in our building. And our conferencing team are known for doing things well. Here's what one client said of them. The team never let us down and cannot do enough for us. Never have I met a more attentive and professional team who go out of their way to help us and our delegates. Don't stop being amazing and thank you again for all your support and hard work. And there's the third of three exclamation marks in that short paragraph. Well done to the conferencing team. Yes, and Marie and your team. 
We want to see everyone here grow in all sorts of life skills. And in the last year, we have run a number of courses to facilitate that, including the pre-marriage course, Love After Marriage, Shape, looking at our gifting, which I think starts this week, doesn't it? On Tuesday. Fantastic. And Inspire, Small Group Leaders Training, First Steps with Jesus, Power to Change, Freedom in Christ, Bible Basics. And we have people of all ages giving part of their week to the church as they focus on growing in discipleship, on Zoe, Discipleship Year Plus, and the Gap Year. Relationships are essential to the life of the church. So we try to be relational in everything we do. Small groups for adults, youth, and children really are at the heart of the church, the place where so many close relationships are built. And there are numerous opportunities to connect as family, to deepen relationships and invite others, perhaps who's never who have never set foot in a church to come to things like the youth weekend away, student weekend away, the young adults, family days out, toddler haven, thrive, family breakfasts, and beer and carols, to name a few. We have a number of regulars at our coffee shop, White Bird, just through the wall there, who, although they're not part of the church, they wouldn't count themselves as being part of this church, they've connected with us relationally. For instance, one regular hadn't been in for a while, So two staff members got in touch with her through Facebook to check that she was okay. And they discovered that she had been in hospital and was so touched that they would take the time to notice that she'd been away. We love hearing stories of how people visiting us for the first time feel welcomed here. I read an email from someone who did the Alpha course who said this, I'd thought church was all about bonnets and baskets. So it wasn't at all what I expected when I walked through the doors for the first time. I sat in a different area each week in the hope that I would be ignored or at least someone be rude to me. It was like I was testing the church as surely people couldn't be this kind. But no matter who I sat next to, they always said hello and made me feel welcome. I'm sure there are some who come and they don't experience that, but that is our longing, that every visitor would be welcomed, would be warmly included, and that every one of us in the church would find and enjoy meaningful relationships with others here. We left off talking about being a relational church, and lastly, we want to be naturally supernatural. What happens through our lives as individuals and as a church should be beyond human explanation. Amazing things are happening, which can only be explained by the fact that God is working supernaturally, and we get to partner with him. Prayer shapes everything we do. Every Tuesday morning in term time, there are men's and women's prayer meetings. We gather before services to pray, teams gather to pray. I think there's a prayer chain as well. Others gather monthly for prayer and worship. And many of us have received prayer, personal prayer, here on a Sunday or other times during the week. And we've seen amazing answers to prayer. Back in August, John Bodley spoke on healing and invited those in need of physical healing to stand and receive prayer. And a number of people got healed that day including Di, one of our staff, who had been experiencing burning in her fingers and toes on both hands and feet since May last year. She was prayed for and instantly felt the most incredible power surge through her body, and she has not experienced any symptoms since. Back in June, our discipleship year, Zoe, visited Coastline Vineyard down south, and during the ministry time, there were invited to give words of knowledge or prophetic words for members of the church. So that's where God gives a little piece of information that they couldn't otherwise know for the blessing of someone else. One of our guys had the word pancreatic demethylation, which is a phrase they'd never even heard before. It just came to the mind, pancreatic demethylation. And a man responded, because that spoke into his condition, and they were able to pray for him, including praying in tongues. Now, that is an unknown language, at least to the speaker, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It turns out, to everyone's surprise, that the tongue was an actual language 
which the man being prayed for recognized. The language was Aramaic, the ancient language that Jesus and his disciples would have spoken, and which has not been spoken by many people since the 7th century. This guy recognized it because he was an Aramaic scholar, who was, as you can imagine, amazed and really touched that the Lord would bless him in such an extraordinarily personal way. In June, oh, we could applaud that, yeah. In June, we joined in with the Archbishop of Canterbury's Thy Kingdom Come events, and I'll have a little sip of water to make my voice actually work. We hosted a thousand people, over a thousand people in here from over a hundred churches and Christian organizations around Nottingham, praying and worshiping together. And many of you joined us in the Market Square for our Bow Down event, gathering to pray for Nottingham and the UK, and raising our phone torches as a symbol of being a light in our city. And this event even made it to the Nottingham Evening Post. It's been wonderful to hear stories of God moving as many of you go about your day-to-day lives. For instance, I heard about a student from here who was out with a non-Christian friend one weekend, decided last minute to go to a chip shop. Now, two speakers from the Calls to Live For conference that was happening here happened to come into the same chip shop at that moment and ended up prophesying over his friend. And apparently, all the words that they gave were really accurate, and they prayed for him there and then in the chip shop. Since then, his friend has come to young adults uh, gathering here, which he said really impacted him. And the student has also been sharing his faith with his friends more and been inviting people to church. And he said this, I never knew I could be this confident in my faith. The things we've heard about this morning are only possible because we've had the money to facilitate them. And that's only been possible because many of you have committed to give generously to the church. Let's take a look at how your investment in God's work has been used. So the church's financial year runs from July through to June. So the charts I'm about to show you represent the situation until 30th of June, 2019. And they show the church's income and how it's been used. This doesn't include money which was given to building expansion projects or any of the special offerings we've done. So let's look at how it came in. The total amount which came in this past year, was again amazing, just over £2.15 million. Blue, 66.6% is regular giving, which came in through the bank by standing order. As you can see, that's two-thirds of our income coming in this way. And if you are able to give this way, it really helps us with budgeting and with planning. Pink, 8% is other giving, including cash and one-off gifts that come through the offering on a Sunday through the website and the bank. Green, 15.4% is gift aid, that's tax reclaimed from the inland revenue on most of what is given. Yellow, 9.8% is the profit from our trading activities that is then gifted from the, as it were, our conferencing business to the church, which include external organizations using the warehouse for conferences and a little bit from the bar and the coffee shop. And then red, that tiny sliver of 0.1% is other income, which includes interest on our savings. So let's now take a look at how this money has been used. Including what we gave away, we spent 2.12 million. That's 2.6% more than the previous year, so roughly in line with inflation. The figures for each of these groups include the costs of staff dedicated to each area and the direct costs of making these ministries happen. Spread across each of these groups proportionately are general costs such as finance, IT, and admin, and the costs of upgrading or enhancing our facilities and equipment. So how that breaks down, orange, 22%, as I've already mentioned, is our set-apart money that's to be given away or spent on activities and things that benefit those outside our church. That includes our compassion ministries, overseas mission, blessing the community projects, and other outward-looking areas. And it also includes the financial gifts that we have made to other churches, charities, needs, and our giving to the National Vineyard Movement. 
Yellow, 23.7% was spent on our facilities, including areas like upgrading and maintaining all of our buildings and our mortgage and our utilities costs. It may interest you to know that we are currently making a significant investment in upgrading all of our lighting across the whole site to be more energy efficient and more sustainable. Green, 24.2% is everything we spend on making our Sundays happen, Sunday services, worship, sound and media, kids, youth, refreshments. And then blue, 23.4% is spent on our midweek ministries, including areas like kids and youth activities, young adults, marriage and family events, pastoral care, and small groups. Purple, 5.2% is training and equipping, such as the courses we've talked about this morning, and investing in developing leaders. We spent less money than came in. We spent 98.5% of what came in. So 1.5% that remained, 1.5% is our surplus. And this will go towards future investments in upgrading our facilities and equipment. So really another very positive year financially. If you have any questions about the finances, you are welcome to ask any of our board of trustees. And the website page with them on can be found at trentv.org forward slash trustees. Or if you forget that, you can go to the bottom of the front page. There's a little section, affiliation and accountability. Don't know what that means, but if you click on it, you'll end up with the trustees page, okay? And there's also a contact email. In recent months, we've been prayerfully discussing with our senior leadership team and others what the Lord wants us to particularly focus on in this year ahead. As a third service has made room for more and more are coming, we've been asking the Lord what he wants to deepen in our expression of faith, what he wants to stir up within us as individuals and as a church. What kind of place is God calling this church to be? And we were drawn to the book of Acts in the Bible, which describes some wonderful attributes of the first church as it began 2,000 years ago, which we want to continue to grow in. So our media team very creatively have made this little inspirational film to begin to stir our imaginations. What do you think of when you hear the word church? It will trigger different things for each one of us. Does it draw to mind a building, bricks, mortar, stone, stained glass windows with images broadly unknown? Does it make you think of religion, of ritual, of robes? Does it make you think of the biggest institution on the globe? Does it make you think of guilt and shame that it specialises in? Does it make you think of strange language and how they always talk of sin? Does it bring to mind newspaper headlines and make you want to run? of abuses covered up by priests who preach about love. Perhaps it's just irrelevant, a thing of the past, a crutch for the needy, but it's not going to last. Maybe it's anti-scientific, just a bastion of tradition, unable to engage in the real world, blindly clinging to its mission. It's a chequered history of good and bad, and so it brings up many things. But what about the original design, the original blueprints? Imagine a place where people cared for others more than themselves, where they poured their lives out for the sake of everyone else. Imagine a place the sick were healed and the lonely found a home, became part of a family like it was their own. Imagine a people who had a purpose bigger than just them, a people who knew a man risen from the dead, who chose to live their lives on every word he said, who washed each other's feet following the example that he set, 
Imagine a people who cared and prayed and listened to every need, who chose to sacrifice their rights and love their enemies. A people who took strangers in, who stood up for the weak and least, who shared their lives with one another, laugh and cry together, celebrate and feast. Imagine a people who stood up against injustice and championed what was right, even when it cost them everything, they wouldn't compromise. A people so moved with conviction and compassion that they would never give up their fight, but their weapons were love and service and mercy. Imagine they were so kind that the world took note, that cities and countries were different, not because of a vote, but change was felt and their voice was heard because their actions spoke. A people who knew their frailty and knew they couldn't do it on their own, but found in the soil of their weakness was where God's power was sown and grown, truly known. What would you call a place like that? It's not a building made of stone. If it were, the stones would be people who see they can't do it alone. How would you find a place like that? What would you write in the internet search? Whatever your preconceptions, this is Jesus's definition of church. That's the lane we're running in, our blueprint, track, map. And it happens through you and me and 10,000 little acts. Debbie and I started to feel the call to church planting over 30 years ago because we began to ask questions like that one asked in the film. What do you think of when you hear the word church? We'd experienced the vineyard at meetings and conferences through the 1980s, and we resonated so deeply with the way that they were expressing their faith. And we started to say to each other things like, imagine a church which had engaging intimate worship where we sang songs to God not just about God and encountered his presence imagine a church which reached out to those around it where people would come to know Jesus and have their lives changed by him which welcomed and integrated homeless people and those impoverished those in, rejected by society in various ways which equipped and released lots of people to care for the poor and to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine a place where there was space in the meetings to be expectant that God would move. Where amazing healings and miracles happened. Imagine a church which had small groups where people could really be open and honest. Really do life together in deep relationship. Where the Bible, the teaching Applied the Bible really accessibly and practically. Imagine a church which was filled with people who were extravagantly generous with their time, their energy, and their money. Imagine a church like that. What we longed for was a church similar to the first church, the church in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, that church being described in the book of Acts. And there's a brief paragraph in chapter 2 which describes what the church was like we're going to be looking at that paragraph next Sunday and it describes the believers devoting themselves to all sorts of things to learning and understanding the scriptures to prayer to worship to being community to meeting together and eating together being amazingly generous caring for one another's needs and reaching out to those around them, sharing the good news of Jesus, and seeing God do amazing things, miracles, healings, signs and wonders. Now, of course, this little paragraph in Acts doesn't include everything a church should be, nor does it describe the perfect church. But there are qualities, behaviors, and characteristics which the early believers exhibited, which we read about in the book of Acts, which we can learn from today. There are many qualities described in that little passage that Trent already exhibits. But we want to grow to be even more like the church that's described there. So this year, we will be focusing on what we've called Acts from Acts. Just as the person in the film was inspired to share his umbrella through reading the book of Acts, this year we want to be inspired to do many of the things that the Christians in the book of Acts did. So we'll be starting a teaching series next week, which focuses on the various things that spring out of that passage in Acts chapter 2. 
And this is not just about looking back at what they did. It's very much about being the kind of individuals they were and the kind of church which, like them, profoundly changes the surrounding culture for the better. We want to be inspired to become, even more than we already are, people who are willing to step out a little bit, to perhaps pray for someone at work or share our faith with a friend or someone we've just met. We want to grow in generosity. We want to grow in courage. We want to invite someone to church or maybe invite a neighbor over for dinner or perhaps even to talk to someone new on a Sunday. Who knows whether it's their first ever time in a church or commit to reading the Bible regularly or to praying and so on to help us make these acts of act, from acts a real part of our life, habits which uh, share, which shape, I'm sorry, who we are as disciples. During a period of six weeks in May and June, we're going to actually be focusing as a church on doing these kinds of things. So the preaching series, it will find its outworking. Hopefully we'll be doing them long before that, but we're going to concentrate our efforts in that six-week period. And teams are currently creating resources for us to help us with this, materials for small groups, for youth, and for children, and there'll be other resources that we'll hear about over the coming weeks. And in that six-week period, if each of us did just one thing, one new act per week for that six weeks, between us, that would be well over 10,000 acts from acts. And it's not that we're wed to that number, but imagine what an incredible impact that would have on us as a church, on our neighborhoods, our workplaces, our schools, our universities. And what if having had a go, stepped out, done some things that we hadn't previously done, pushed a little out of our comfort zone, and as a result, grown as individuals. What if we just carried on that way for the coming years? As we focus on these behaviors, as we grow deeper as a church in these areas, we actually begin in a, in a great place. As we imagine a place where we see God moving in amazing ways, where the poor and the vulnerable are cared for, where people come to know Jesus. The truth is that we are a place where those things are happening. We just believe the Lord wants so much more for us. And as was said on the film, this starts with you and with me. Everyone in this room today, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can do the things that we see in the book of Acts, can be part of realizing a place as described in the film. And that's our main focus then for the year ahead. We want to do all this underpinned by prayer. So we have two other smaller focuses. The first is that we want to focus on galvanizing prayer. We already have a lot of prayer going on in the life of the church. We want to build on some of the meetings we currently have. We want to expand our experience as a church of growing in prayer. And secondly, we want to look at how we can foster, more than we do, intergenerational connections. We want to be, even more than we are currently, a family with older people and younger people learning from and supporting one another. If we could find more ways of mixing up the generations, we know that every generation is going to be blessed. So as we finish, there is an invitation this morning to many of you to move from being an attender to becoming a member, if your life circumstances allow that and you want to do that. This is no pressure at all. This is simply an invitation. Can I encourage you to reflect on what you've heard today and take a step today towards doing what members do. So make a habit of coming on Sundays. Join a small group. Getting involved in serving on a team and investing financially in what the Lord is doing here. Some of you only come very occasionally on a Sunday. I appreciate some weekends you're working or you're away, but can I encourage you to grow in the habit of coming to church on a Sunday? Some of you are not part of a small group. The best way to find one that will suit you is to head to the Connect area. And if you'd like to try a few before you settle, that's absolutely fine. Our small group leaders would rather you found a group that is right for you than that you settled and stayed at the first one you tried and even if your life situation just doesn't allow you to go like weekly but it just like, maybe once a month you think ah oh, perhaps I won't bother no please do uh, can I encourage you to join one as you will be part of a group of people within this massive crowd who really care for you 
Some of you are not yet involved in an area of ministry. And on a seat near you, you'll find a serving form, which you might like to use. You can tick one or two areas if you would like to try something out. Someone will contact you to arrange a time to do that. And after that, you can decide whether you want to go on a rotor, perhaps once a month. Some of you are not yet uh, committed financially. Perhaps you've joined us recently. Or perhaps you've been with us for a few years and you still haven't got round to starting a standing order, getting some regular giving happening. Can I ask you to please seriously think about joining those of us who are financially investing in what God is doing here. You can give online at trentv.org forward slash give where you can set up a standing order. You can find the church's bank details. If you do that or if you update your standing order, it would be really helpful if you would email the finance team to let them know. That's giving at trentvineyard.org. And if you're a taxpayer and you haven't let us know, it would be really helpful if you did because we can then reclaim gift aid on what you are giving. Or there are forms on seats near you with all the giving details. If you wanted to fill one in before you leave today, there are boxes by the door and you can do that or you can just bring it back or post it in another time. We love this church. It is a joy to serve you as we follow the Lord's leading together. And we look forward to the rest of 2020 with great anticipation of all the Lord will do among us and through us this year. As we celebrate, as we have today, all that's happening here, it's a celebration really, not so much of the church, but of God, the father of this family and every other expression of the church across the world, who out of his extravagant grace has brought us together. To God be all the glory, great things he has done.